Welcome to the Habits of the Few, where we discuss habits, rituals, and mindset tactics that you can use to reach your version of success. And now, here's your host, Mo Nabolsi. In the new economy, your experience will not be enough. Joe Saman, the modern day sales expert and the new economy influencer. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mona Bolsi, and I want to welcome you to an incredible show today. We've got Joe Saman, also known as Joe Coach. For over a decade, Joe has dedicated his career and life to understanding human performance in the business and sales world. Since then, Joe has mentored and given keynotes to over 300 organizations in over 20 industries, including audiences for giants like Microsoft, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Equinox, and many other leaders in the financial technology, professional services, and marketing verticals. During this time, he has built a reputation for doubling and tripling sales for thousands of professionals and dozens of companies. Joe teaches his clients and students that in order to remain competitive and grow, we must be willing to accelerate our speed of learning and commit to ongoing study of people, behavior patterns, technology, and self-improvement. Experience is the slowest way to learn. It will no longer suffice on its own in today's ultra-competitive economy. You must acquire a domination mindset. Sit back, relax, and please give a warm welcome to Joe Saman. Let's do this, baby. Yeah. It's the Mo and Joe show. All right. So so let's <laughs> let's the Mo and Joe. You know what? Mo and Joe Fuck show. It. We're starting our own podcast, dude. We're starting our own podcast. The but I don't have don't get FOMO, baby. Get Jomo. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. All right. Well, let's start this off with a boom, okay? Because I I I want to get into talking about um habits the school system and all that fun stuff but let's let's start with the domination mindset let's just let's just kill this whole thing off with a bang what is the domination mindset by your definition of standard okay and this is in a really really exciting topic for Mimo. it's also going to be kind of a frustrating fascinating and exciting topic for the audience all at the same time so awesome. I hope you guys are ready for this because it might make you a little bit uncomfortable. You've heard the uncomfortable game. I'm going to make you uncomfortable and I'm going to tell you why it's such a strategic advantage for your audience. It doesn't matter what your occupation is, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're a salesperson. This applies to everyone, especially if you plan on providing for your family over the next five to ten years. Make sense? Yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable, so let's get it. All right. You look, you look like you're very uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, here we go. So domination mindset, you know, I created these two concepts. One of them is called economic velocity. Let me say it again, economic velocity. Economic velocity, if I define it for you, for the average Joe like me, is basically the rate at which the economy, all things in the economy are changing, okay? Okay. Then you have something that I call intellectual velocity. Intellectual velocity is the rate at which you, as an individual, change and adapt, okay? Okay. We were brought up, our society has conditioned, kind of programmed us to have an intellectual velocity, the rate at which I learn, the weight at which I grow, the weight at which I innovate, right, and make decisions. Let's just call it 55 miles per hour, all right? Okay. In another layman's terms, we say people learn by experience. Even when you go to job interviews, they're like, what's your experience like? Everybody's priding themselves with their experience. I'm here to tell you that the days of experience, seniority, and how many years have you been in the industry, those days are gone, dude. Those days are gone. 
Yes, experience has some decent qualities, like you become resilient. Sometimes you become less emotional or less reactive about silly things. You become um, more mature, you know, with experience. You, you learn to recognize, you know, certain scenarios or, or mistakes before they happen. You learn from, right? But experience, mark my words, here's a big one for your audience. Experience is the slowest, most least competitive way to learn in the new economy, okay? So if you're learning by experience or 55 miles per hour, you're not going to be very valuable in the marketplace regardless of your occupation. Doctor, lawyer, surgeon, programmer, salesperson, um, school teacher, college instructor, um, whatever you do, right? Designer, whatever you do. If your intellectual velocity is way slower than the economy, what you're going to find is you have tons of experience and you still can't live the life that you want. So that's true. Domination. Yeah, domination mindset is first understanding there's something I call the dumber curve. And it's basically an exponential curve. If you can imagine an exponential curve is constantly sweeping upwards, but the rate at which you would start to learn is fairly level. So as time goes on, it's not as if you're you're losing skills. It's just you acquire skills so slowly that in perspective, in, in the big picture, in the economy, you're actually becoming dumber. Or I really less, hope you're going to tell us how, how we're going to... I really hope you're going to share with us how we can uh, speed up the process. I really am. It's for a small fee of 9,009. No, I'm just kidding. Dude. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the same thing that, that, you know, drew me into um, speak at Microsoft um, to bank of America, Wells Fargo. I mean, a lot of big outfits out there, big retail chains and whatnot really caught their attention because they're like, Oh my God, I think you just summarized what's happening. I mean, a lot of times I hear companies say, you know, dude, you know, I, I really want to train everybody, but I'm having a really difficult time finding good people. And I'm like, stop. You're not having a good time finding good people. You're having, you're, you're finding good people who lack the skills to be good in this economy. Because they're learning from the people around them. And those people are learning from the people around them. And your skills are being passed down from generation to generation, which don't necessarily apply anymore. So then what would be the alternative? If experience is the is the ladder of how we learn anything, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Adapting and, and evolving and getting some skin in the game, right? What, what would be the other option? Like, cause traditional education is bullshit in my opinion. <laughs> we'll get to that part, right? <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, look, man, people who, who listen to podcasts and this and that, they know, we know it is. Um, the majority of, of people don't know it is. They're still pressuring, you know, their kids and whatnot. And that's okay. You know, we, we'll, we'll obviously, we, we need our school system for several reasons. We're just saying it's time to, I don't want to get too deep into it because I can run, we, you and I can run on that topic for days. But yeah. to get back to the solution is you have to normalize learning, accelerated learning, studying, reading, practicing, rehearsing needs to become a daily part of your lifestyle. Just like taking a shower, just like picking out nutritious food, just like possibly hitting the gym, you have to normalize learning. You have to accelerate learning. You know, when I was watching a panel that had Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, back then it was Steve Jobs, et cetera, et cetera. I think Mark Z was on there too. They're like, what are the two skills? If you could pick any two skills and go back in time and do it all over again, what would they be? You would think there would be like something to do with technology or something to do with the internet or something, right? Yeah. Something popular. And they're like, no. The number one skill they wish they had was the ability to learn faster than anyone else. 
because they're so entrenched in, in, in this economy, they're starting to realize that that is a skill. It's not a thing. It's not a thing of education. It's not the educational system's responsibility. It's not the president's responsibility. It's not, it's not subsidized responsibility. It's your responsibility because you have the fucking internet in your hand. Yeah. So accelerated learning. The second skill that they said, if they could go back and master it all over again, get this. This is why I love my career and I'll probably have a job forever. <laughs> persuasion. Oh, hell yeah. Ethical and meaningful persuasion which is my specialty, domination selling. So that's the answer is to normalize learning. And tell people to say all the time, dude, you know, you're coaching, you're inspiring me, you're out there coaching dozens of companies every month. You've been over to almost 400 organizations now. And I'm like, you guys, you know what's kind of funny is you guys only see the parts where I'm coaching. You don't see the other 70% of the week where I'm learning because I'm concerned that I have the responsibility of other people's lives in my hands. And what if I'm not learning fast enough to help them grow? So how do you overcome the too much information that is out in the world? Okay. Like for, mm -hmm. I, for instance, I, I want to learn persuasion. I want to mm -hmm. be a master of persuasion. How, how, how am I going to be able to decipher the good from the bad and, and not be, you know, just having like information overload because the internet it's kind of a double-edged sword. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Great question. That's a really good question, dude. And it's and you, that question is such a savvy question because that's the reason most people don't even start. Yeah, because it's overwhelming. It's like, which diet do I pick, bro? Yeah. Like, which sales philosophy do I pick? Like, which industry? You know, so here's my answer for that. I'm a big fan of it. I'm not sure if you've seen this on some of my recent videos, but you know, you got some people that I really, really respect out there, like Grant Cardell and Dan Lott, blah, blah. Yeah. And a lot of them preach that you don't need a bunch of mentors. You only need one mentor. Everybody's out there feeding you misinformation. Well, I believe that not one person can be all you need for what you do. Agreed. Okay, I'm not the best, single most best sales mentor for every industry in the world. Um, I, I can help you dominate in several aspects of it. But here's what I recommend. Here's what I do in my life. It's called modified learning. I do the same thing with my diet. I do the same thing with my schedule. I do the same thing with my morning routine. Some people tell me their morning routine. I'm like, I don't think that's going to work for me. To, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so you go out there and you experiment. And I want the audience to, to recognize that there's a skill that God gave, gave us. It's a divine right. We all have it. We had it when we were babies. We had it when we were five years old. We start to lose it over time. And that skill is called common sense. And you experiment with different people that you feel have been, are respectable or they have a decent following or you enjoy their messages. Mm. You respect them for some reason. You look up to them. You admire them. And then you think about what they're saying and you go, look, does this apply itself well? Does it seem, does it seem like it would fit my industry, my career, my this, my that? And should I experiment with it? Well, let me experiment with it and see how it goes. And then you go and you sample something else. And granted, you know, the process of excellence is not an overnight process. I tell my clients straight up, guys, you hear me flow like, like I have some type of magical, magic wand in my brain that's just got me on this unstoppable, like, you know, regardless of the industry I'm in, even if I've never sold in that industry, 
I can begin flowing in the industry from day one. I'm, I have to remember and not take for granted that that took me 14 to 16 years to practice. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Like you're seeing the 16 year practice. You're seeing the Kobe version. You're not seeing the what, what the fuck is going on with my life version. Mm-hmm. So it's an on, like I said, normalize this experimentation, normalize this learning, make it a part of your daily routine. You don't have to come home every single day and work out. But I, you know what? If you work out three to four days a week, you're going to see a massive change in your life. If you study and research people who are admired in your industry or people who you just type in, you know, into this thing called Google, you just start typing things that might be relevant. And you start to come across people you never heard of. You know, I would still walk into companies that don't know who Tony Robbins is. You're kidding. I'm not kidding you, dude. Sales professionals who don't know who Tony Robbins is, don't know who Grant Cardone is, don't know. They have no clue. They're so stuck in the matrix of mediocrity of society. They know exactly what product line, you know, Kim Kardashian is launching. They know exactly what is happening, you know, on CNN today. They know exactly what's happening, right? They know all this bullshit but they have no idea who the, some of the most successful people in their line of work are. And then they complain about not making enough money. Wow. And you have a cell phone on your hand where you're connected to the entire world for the first time in the history of man. Not only connected, everybody is their own media company. You know how expensive it was to run a television ad and how expensive it still is? And you can yeah. access to millions of people and people are still complaining. See, the thing is, is, is saying that to our audience is not necessarily going to make them change. No. It's, it's, it's um, providing the tools to help them, you know, do it. You know, I was just meeting with um, earlier today with uh, one of my video media teams. Because having a media team, if you want to grow your brand, is now a full-time position. Yeah, it's no longer a special project. You feel mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. So you know what? For the past, my online presence should be one thousand times bigger than what it is. I mean, I have mentored more people in person than these other guys with five hundred thousand followers have done even online. I believe that over thirty-five thousand people in fourteen years and over three hundred and fifty organizations, but I have thirteen thousand followers on Instagram. I should have done this two and a half, three years ago. Why didn't I? Because I wasn't sure what the first step was. I didn't know what the process was. And not knowing what skills I need or what the process is or what what the steps are leads to procrastination and fear. So we have to... That's, dude, I just want to just real quick take a pause there. That is the fucking truth. Because, like... What you're teaching right now is basic. I'm not saying it's easy. Mm. I'm saying it's basic in the sense that you can comprehend and understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. And, and, and if you were to actually think about it for a moment, like you said, you know, we, we lost this common sense or we started developing at five. We said we lost it around five years old or we lost it as an adulthood, whatever the case may be. Yeah, right, right, over time. Yeah, I believe that it, from, from a practicality standpoint, that what you said is 100% accurate because me getting into the business, because I've been in this industry for 17 years, the marketing space. And, you know, I've been a business owner for about eight years or so. Like, 
in the beginning, it was paralyzing because I would just freeze up because I didn't know which route to take. I didn't know what to do. There's too much information. I didn't mm -hmm. know how to do it. I didn't know who to go look after. I didn't know who to model after, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and it gets, it's really, it's paralyzing. Then you're just like, fuck Dude. it. I don't, I don't even know what to do. Dude, I, you know? it's story time, bro. You're hitting me right in the heart right now, right? Right in the heart right now, bro. Let's, let's do it. Should, should I want to hear stories. I want to hear story. So like many people who are in sales or any type of position where, you know, it's based on your performance, whether it's your next promotion or your next bonus or whatever it is, we have a lot of ups and downs. We tend to have sort of a roller coaster ride when it comes to our income. And when our income goes up, everybody can kind of tell. And when our income goes down, everybody can kind of tell. I have this little saying that I've been sharing people. And I, I, I say, no matter what your circumstances is, um, everybody is keeping score on you. Fucking right. Your loved ones, I love you. They're keeping score on you. Yeah. Your in-laws, hey, Habibi, what's going on? They're keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, bro. Uh, they're like, they're keeping score on you, man. She might be whispering in your wife's ear right now. I told you, you should have fucking married George. <laughs> you know what I mean? So everybody's keeping score. So I call this quote unquote, here's my name. Don't know if anybody steal it. I love you. You can steal it. You can use it. Just throw my tag on it. It's called your respect score. And I was tired of seeing my respect score go up and go down, go up and go down. And then after the big recession, you know, when I moved to California in 2002, it was an overnight decision. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of getting over the podcast where we spend 40 minutes talking about our hardship and then 10 minutes providing value. So I'll give you the short version. You're fine. In 2002, I made an overnight decision to move to California. I was broke and um, I had, you know how we said small decisions lead to big results. Yep. I was sitting there. I woke up in the morning and I'm like, dude, it's nine degrees outside. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. We, I got laid off after 9-11. A bunch of things changed in the technology sector. And I'm practically broke. And then I remember thinking, if I'm broke, I can be broke anywhere. Why don't I go be broke in 80 degree weather? Ooh. So, boom. Overnight decision. Lived and slept in my car for about four and a half months eventually stumbled across the mortgage business. Now, if you remember the mortgage business in 2002, what was happening? It was blowing up. It was blowing up, dude. And I had decent skills. I had a college degree. I had sales experience. So I was an easy hire for them. And I made hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Fast forward in 2006, after my biggest month ever, I think I made something like 60 or 70 grand that month. I was thinking, look, I'm noticing something weird happening with my salespeople. At that time, we had about 600 people in our company, about 100 people on my team. I was 28 years old, 28 years old, 28 year old sales director. Good for you. And uh, I'm like, what's going on here? Like a few people are killing it. Most people are average. I'm noticing all these coaches going around, just repeating what Tony Robbins is doing and making like 40 grand a month. I'm like, I think that's what I want to do. I'm going to make an executive decision and jump out and try this while things are hot. I have a great reputation right now. I've got a great story. Great. Two years, a year and a half goes by, the economy crashes, and guess what happens to all my money and my respect score? It went bye-bye. Bye. In fact, it was negative now because when you make a lot of money, you accumulate a lot of things. Yep. And a lot of credit. Yep. So now I'm about to turn 30. My house, I have to lose my house. Two months later, things get worse, and I end up getting, three months later, I end up getting evicted out of my apartment. Oh, fuck. All this is happening at like lightning speed, dude. Like I'm literally sitting there getting, moving out of my apartment numb, 
numb thinking, fuck, I mean, I lived in my car before, I'll secretly do it again. And at the time I had already started my coaching business. So, and I'm thinking, what is going on? Like I was going out there trying to coach people on what I knew. I knew mortgage, I knew real estate, I knew insurance, I knew, you know, the things that I know. And they're all, you know, kind of like, dude, we're in the middle of a recession. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like one company told me at a, at a, at a banking office, they go, bro, we'd love to bring you in. It makes sense. Like, I believe you. But he goes, dude, we're not even buying water for our people right now. <laughs> like, we don't even have our water. We don't even have our collagen man coming in. Wow. And I was like, what is the problem? And I was sitting there one time, you know, in that apartment when, when I knew that it was all coming to an end, at least financially, temporarily. And I described this on stage a few weeks ago at a conference and I'm like, all of a sudden, with, without any warning, without any emotional warning, I just collapsed and started crying. In front of everybody? No, I was in the shower. I don't shower in front of everybody like you. <laughs> I didn't even I don't know. I don't know what kind of thing you're into, bro. <laughs> but I shower mostly alone. I thought you were still in the office, my bad. Unless I got a little something, something with me, you know? <laughs> but uh, so I'm saying I just collapsed and you know, I, I'm like, look, just pray, go to sleep. You know, you, you, I, at that time I had the, the blessing of at least, you know, coming across a lot of good people, a lot of inspiring things. I was very, you know, already educated by people like Tony Robbins and many others, um, Brian Tracy, yada, yada, from a very young age. And I woke up the next morning and one of the most important days of my life happened. And there's people in your audience right now and you better fucking listen because this might be the one thing that you need to hear to finally get you out of your freaking box that's limiting you from your true potential. I woke up and I said, if I was really that good, out of all the hundreds and hundreds of people that I know in one of the richest corporate societies in America, my phone would be blowing up. And it's not. You're not that fucking good, Joe. You're a good person and you've done well at times, but the truth is you only made money during the perfect storm. And how did you get yourself out of that? I said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to learn and study and become a student of whoever, whatever, whenever it takes so that I become so good, so skilled that provides so much value that it is unquestionable. It is unquestionable on whether or not people will allow me into their companies and to their minds and to their families and to their life. So, so what happened though, after that break breakdown of a moment in the shower? I started searching. I had a lot of free time because hardly any companies wanted to hire me or pay me. So I had barely enough to like pay some bills and continue to live coming in. And I remember I, I one of my, my, one of my friends, it's so funny, like your close friends sometimes don't want to see it. Somebody who wasn't even that close, more of an acquaintance recognized my situation kind of, kind of indirectly and, and, and offered me to sleep on a mattress in his living room. And during the time I had a lot of free time, so I would, I would use the internet and I would go out and I would search and I would just start typing random things. And I would start asking people or emailing people, what should I do? What should I study? And, you know, I, I knew certain people that worked for the Tony Rodham's group and I'm like, where should I go? Point me in the right direction. And they started, you know, I started out with, with, you know, very common things that you should know about if you're in sales like NLP. Yeah. So I was studying NLP. Then I started to realize that there's so much research out there, cutting edge research that's happening all the time that we don't even know about because nobody asks about it. When you go into a job interview, everybody goes, tell me about your experience. What was your highlight at this last job? You said you were a top producer. Man, I got some news for you, bro. 
top producers don't fucking interview. But in the reality of things, I was like, what do I need to learn? And I would spend hours and hours and hours in that apartment and at the pool laying out and reading and listening with headphones and markers and pens and repeating and going over it and reviewing. And then I would look at the industries that I had access to and I'd say, how would this apply? How can I decode this to make sense in the industry that I'm working in or that I'm coaching in or that I'm selling to? What does this mean for our sales process? What does this mean? How, how can I better understand our customers? Why are so many people so talented yet failing? What does this mean for them? How can I use this to deliver a message that creates change? How can I use this to create a system for accountability? And it was just an accelerated learning process. That's all I was doing, was forcing myself to, to look for new topics. And I started to get into research from people like the Gallup Foundation, Harvard Business Research, Forbes Research, and many other publications out there that after a short period of time, put their case study and their reviews out there either in, on the internet or in publications that you can subscribe to. Wow. And people that are, you know, you got companies that are paying 15 to 20 million dollars a year for cutting as research on everything from organizational behavior, consumer behavior, um, sales, um, direct selling, systems, culture, company culture, all these things that are being released, but people don't read that shit. You know what people read? People magazine. Yep. Car and driver. Cosmo. TMZ. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stuck in, the ma- stuck in the matrix. Stuck in the matrix. Keeping you occupied and distracted with things that don't allow you progress so that the few can remain the few. Yep. And uh, I'm like, oh my God, I've never been to an interview, not one, where they said, Joe, you say you're great at persuasion. You say you're good with people. You say you have great communication skills. Isn't that what it says on your resume, Joe? Yes. What do you? What type of communication are you studying this year? What courses are you taking right now? Oh, my degree. No, no, no. I'm not talking about your degree, Joe. It's 2019. How are you becoming a communication expert since you claim to be so good at communication? Let me tell you something, Joe. You wouldn't be here if you were making money where you were at. In fact, you wouldn't even have a resume online if you were exceptional. Somebody would have recruited your ass and offered you more money. Yep. So let's let's. I must let's have go. heard a little bit. People don't want me in their interviews, man. Oh man, Joe, you scare the shit out of people, dog. <laughs> and I'm like, good, because the person who's ready for the truth will say, "I'm ready. I'm committed. Teach me. If you're a good person. You'll do good. You'll do good things." And, um, you know, that's why you hear a lot of the greats, you know, a lot of, a lot of cool dudes right now, like Patrick, but David and guys like you and other people out there like, look, man, you know, Pat, Patrick just released a video several weeks ago. I'm like, oh my God, I got to record this. I got to record this. I got to record this. Right. Yeah. Because as knowledgeable as he and many others are, there's still millions of people that aren't paying attention. And he said for the first time in history, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, who is the other one? A bunch of other companies for the first time in history. They no longer require a four-year degree to work there. About damn time. You know, because by the time 
that information gets into a college and you learn it, it's already outdated. Yep. It's more about character, your ability to learn, your common sense skills, your critical thinking skills, your identity, your habits, your you as a person. That's what's more important right now. The rest, we're going to have to teach. There's no program like you, you, we educate you for six months and you're done. These companies don't work that way anymore. You know how often they educate you? Constantly. It doesn't stop. You don't get certified and then you're done. That, that's fucking the old economy, not the new economy. You have to constantly learn. And not only that, if you're in a domination mindset, you're not saying, oh my God, look what our competition's doing. Let's learn it. That's reactive. If you're watching your competition to be competitive, hear me out, audience. I love you guys, but I'm going to spit the truth right now, and it's up to you whether or not you want to accept it. It's all how stubborn you are and how honest with you, you are with yourself and how much self-respect you have for yourself and, and how, how you want to perceive reality on your own because your own personal reality might be what's keeping you from providing what your family really deserves. But let me say this to you. <clears throat> you thinking that you're going to be able to, to compete or be competitive in this economy while reacting to other people's success is what's going to lead you to your failure. If you're constantly looking at what your competition is doing, you are not in a domination mindset. You are in a reactive mindset. You react. And by that time, it may be too late to take the lead or be somebody prominent or profound or respected in your industry. Does that make sense to you, Mo? Oh, 100%. So, I have, when you're ready, I have a follow-up question to that statement. Yeah, so I'm not saying ignore your competition. Keep your eyes on the game and you know, look at what's going on. But don't make that your focal point. Make your focal point understanding your audience, understanding your energy, and projecting three to six years ahead on what you're going to have to start developing skills-wise, system-wise, culture-wise, and product-wise right now. That's a domination mindset. 100%. I, so my question is, I feel like, entre, like true entrepreneurs, not, not the entrepreneurs that are putting CEO in their title of Instagram and they're 22 years old. I'm not saying that there aren't 22 year olds that are CEOs and founders of, you know, SaaS companies mm -hmm. and God knows what mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying the majority because I feel like, okay, so if we were, if we were, if we were at war and, and, and starting a business is the battlefield, mm -hmm. then right now we're basically in peacetime. I think it's the, one of the easiest times in the world to, to make money, to grow a business, to be profitable, to create something. Than it was, you know, in like the 1980s, early 1990s. Hell, even in 2000, 2001, from like from the internet era, it is much easier now to actually do something. So what happens is, is that, you know, you've got you're kind of, kind of just going with the flow. Like you know, Gary Vee talk, talks about this a lot. He says if you can't make it now in today's economy mm -hmm. on the internet, you suck. And I agree to an extent because. It, it you do have a platform that never existed before but at the same token a true-blooded entrepreneur is a guy or a gal that is constantly evolving everything that you describe it day yeah. in and day out 
trying to study, hone their craft, hone their skills, and not not be you know not reacting to to the to the people that have found success, but trying yeah. to either innovate or stay ahead of the curve, right? Yeah. So yeah. what about everybody else? Because I believe that the human population is is kind of separated, it's divided. You've got workers, and then you've got the entrepreneurs that build shit. So so. I guess my question to you is how can we get somebody that is like on the career path to follow these guidelines? In okay. So we need both. We need both because yeah. just because you, you work somewhere as an employee doesn't mean that you can't have an entrepreneurial mindset. Agreed. 100%. I love, I love Gary's definition of an entrepreneur is basically somebody who would rather compete with cockroaches for breadcrumbs on the floor than work yeah. for someone else. Yep. Okay. However, I disagree with some of us, like you just, just call us more, more mature in our career professionals. I think that within the next five years, there will be more successful under 30 year old CEOs than there are in our age group. I, I agree. I because agree. their intellectual velocity is way faster than yours and mine. I, 100%. We, now, if they want to fake it for a little bit, cool. Yes. Guess what? I still yeah. wore a suit when I was living in my car. Right. No, I hey, I faked it yeah. for a little bit too, man. I faked the funk. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying right. is I think it's I think right now it, it in, in some sense it is easier to It is. Like, it is easier. Start a business no for free. Literally for free. Yeah. See the, the the you don't have to be a here's just just my opinion. You don't have to be a gung ho by nature entrepreneur to have a business. Now here's my perspective. Let's go back 150 years Okay. when our schooling system was not even existent as it is right now. Yeah. The schooling system as we know it was created after the Industrial Revolution because it was difficult to find 400 people to work in a factory to put on bolts for minimum wage. Agreed. Families were tradesmen. Your family was did metals. My family were carpenters. They really were carpenters. My father, my grandfather, my uncles, their grandfather, you know what I mean? And when you were nine years old, you came in and you helped run the business. Yep. And your sister helped clean the house and and helped you know with the neighbors and and you know what I mean. Yep. And you all ran the business in some way, shape, or form. Correct. My aunts used to go to military bases in Lebanon and collect their clothing and go home and use what we had to clean clothing and dry them. They were really good at that. They brought it back and they earned a living. So they were all entrepreneurs. They didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. We need more entrepreneurs. We're the ones scaring them going, you're not a real entrepreneur. Dude, what is a real entrepreneur? I mean, my aunts used to, at 12 years old, used to run around town and go close, close, close. You know what I mean? So we went through this industrial revolution where, you know, Prince, Prince Ia says it really well. He goes, we were, we were manufactured in school to work in manufacturing environments. Agreed. Do we really need four years of algebra? Fuck no. Do we really need three years of social studies? It's nice to know those things. I think we should incorporate them into our schooling and, and for our kids to have perspective and a sense of history and basics and knowledge and have organized learning and teamwork, right? Right. No, we don't. In my opinion, this is a really strong opinion, and about 20% of the crowd is going to go, holy shit, he's right. 
you know, the other scholars out there, the A students are going to go, no, we still need school, dude. I'm glad you still have a fucking A. Let's see whose bank account is big. Anyway, um, uh, what, what I'm saying is, is I believe because there's evidence of this, that we, the schooling system was designed to distract you during your most absorbent ages, your most innovative ages, so that you don't want to be an entrepreneur because we need employees. Yeah. And if you look at pictures from the Industrial Revolution, especially during the war, they couldn't get men to work in the factories because most men were what? Entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. So if you look at a lot of pictures, it was all women in housewives working in the factories, more power to them. I think women should be free, be blowing it up in this economy and be an entrepreneur and get, doing their thing as much as possible, right? Oh, absolutely. But you could not come up to my father's family who were skillsmen, have their own business, made their own schedules and be like, hey, would you like to help assemble this door? We'll pay you 50 cents. Absolutely not. Oh, hell no. Are you kidding me? The pride of my family business, I don't care if we make coffins, it's been the family business. So the the U.S., from what I understand, from what I read, the U.S., Great Britain, and France went and recruited some of the people, some of the guys, the influencers in Germany and Italy that were hit, that were advisors to the system during Hitler's reign. Wow. To help us design a schooling system where we could control the upbringing of our citizens. You gotta be fucking kidding me. No, bro, go research it. It's not a secret, it's just not popular. Wow. I mean, I would quote their names, but I, I don't, I haven't memorized their names. It's been a while since I was doing research on that. And that's one of the reasons we might finish on how I admire teachers. And, and there's a lot of good people out there in the schooling system, and they really are trying to do the best they can for their youth, but they may not know any better. And um, we need to, we all need to get together, not necessarily with the help of the government. We don't need the government anymore for this. And I, I, I think we have a reasonable government. Let them do governmental things. I don't think the government is ever going to be inspired to make an amazing schooling system. Not our government. I mean, maybe China's government, maybe India's government, maybe Egypt's government, not ours. Mm. They're more interested in, in politics and business and industry and, and international trade and things like that. But we have enough of us now that are connected via the internet and our relationships and our circles, just how you and I met, Correct. to create a privatized schooling system. An alternative choice or a supplemental choice for families. And some communities are already doing this. But I mean incorporating both local supervision and internet learning so that it can be not only savvy and help prepare our country for truly being competitive in the international economy, but also educating our children in a way that gives them skills that will that will help them be true, proper leaders for the, our country and for their families in the future. I think that's brilliant. I mean, that's... I mean, to, to be quite honest with you, that's primarily why, like, my wife and I fight about this a lot. I tell them that I want to homeschool the kids. So we got them, they're going to be going into kindergarten, and we got them into a, uh, 
a uh, local charter school, private charter school that the way that they're set up, they're on this really unique system. Individualized classes are incredibly small. We're talking like 10 kids a class. Yep. And yep. it's and they, they teach them based on their, I guess their first couple years, but kindergarten specifically, they identify their their preferred form of learning and, and, and adaptation. So are you visual, auditory? Do you have to read? Do you need, do you learn through osmosis? It's really fascinating. If, if the system I think was set up like that, I mean, we're gonna see, we're gonna test it, but it's it's the best thing I've seen so far. Other than, yeah. you know. I'm pretty familiar with it. My, my brother and uh, who's a 20 year retiree of the US Navy, um, their, their kids, they put their kids now in that type of same thing. It's like yeah. it's like a 40, 35 minute drive, but that's where they go. Yeah, I mean, it's, and uh, what I'm saying is, is we're privileged because we can afford that. Correct. But imagine a schooling system that costs like seventy nine dollars a month for the parent. That would be phenomenal, and that's what it should be. You know, and then there's localized supervision. Like you come for tests, you show up for group activities, so you can congregate and, and have community and and things like that and and you still have sports and yada 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 or community activities right right or maybe you go to school but you're also involved in this private learning program that's why i love kids like caleb maddox and all those guys because they're actually creating alternative schools online for youth and i'm not saying that i'm going to be a leader in that i'm just saying i would i would like to be part of the the ensemble of people who help make it a a, a mass massly, a, a, basically a massive movement throughout the country and, and hopefully throughout the world. I don't know, but I'm tired of relying on the on people thinking that the government's going to make the quality of your life better, dude. If you're complaining about taxes all the time, you don't make enough money, bro. Yeah. If you're complaining about something, you're not good enough, bro. If you're still hoping that. If you're, you know, a 19-year-old, you know, uh, uh, adult and your dad works in the coal business and they're struggling to keep their jobs, you need to be the one to go, instead of trying to defend my dad's job, I'm going to hope that they're able to, you know, maintain for a while. This is a sign for me to be like, yo, I can't be romantic and beg the government to help us just because I don't have any fucking skills that apply in this economy. And, 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 and I think that's the true definition of an entrepreneur. Someone that's, that's willing to do whatever it takes and, and really take their own life in their own hands. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that, you know what I mean? Like, but that's not just an entrepreneur mindset. That needs to happen whether you're an engineer, you're studying to be an attorney, you're a nurse, you work in an accounting firm. You all have to learn how to accelerate your skills, how to add value. Otherwise, what's gonna happen is, the world and the economy is becoming so competitive and so expensive that if you don't constantly find ways to provide value, you might get your small raises along the way, but there's eventually gonna be a huge gap between how much you make and how much things cost. That and your lifestyle is either going to become stuck or you're going to have to constantly be budgeting into a lifestyle that's not the lifestyle you had hoped for when you first graduated or when you when you began working. So, I mean, millions of Americans are... Listen, look at these two things right here. For our audience who knows what the fuck is going on out there, 
unemployment is at an all-time low. You get it? We're at like 3%, which means everybody has jobs. But credit card debt is at 1.3 trillion, four times higher Whoa. than the last recession. Whoa. So what does that mean? Everybody has jobs, but they don't make enough money. Yep. They want to live a lifestyle that they truly can't afford. It might not be super, super lavish, but that gap is becoming bigger. That bubble is becoming bigger. And it's not because Americans spend too much money. Okay, not every American rolls around in a Rolls Royce and a Mercedes. What happens is, is we do, as Americans, we do like to keep up with the Joneses a little bit, but really what's happening is you don't provide enough value to support the lifestyle that you want. Hmm. And, and you don't have to be an entrepreneur to learn that. Because the more we make these conversations about becoming an entrepreneur, yeah, do we need more entrepreneurs? Yes. I love what, again, Patrick Bed David said, if we had, we need about 20 million more entrepreneurs in this country, we'd solve a lot of problems. But that's not for everybody. And that doesn't make everybody happy either. But that doesn't, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to have accelerated learning. I don't care what you do. You better learn fast, bro, or sis. You better learn faster. And you better get with the program faster and stop complaining how everybody's playing with their cell phone. Because that person sitting across the restaurant playing on their cell phone might have just closed a $5,000 deal while you're sitting there bitching about your life. Yep. God, that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah, man. Are we dropping some bombs with you? Are you happy with my podcast quality? <laughs> I'm very happy. With Will you invite me back, bro? Hell yeah, man. <laughs> we got to hang out in person, man. I can't just deal with a virtual. I need a hug. So. I know, I know. I uh, I got to make a trip out to Cali. Anyway, I want to take the kids to Disneyland. You should. I mean, my area sucks. It's like right next to Newport Beach. I mean, there's beautiful high rise and weather is amazing. You probably wouldn't want to visit here very often. Oh, God, that sounds horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds beautiful, man. My mother was here a few weeks ago. She's 75 years old. She's one of the most amazing women in the world. Her faith is great. Her her qualities are great. The way she raises her food is just amazing. She was, I you know, I gained like ten pounds while she was here. That's how it happens. And you know, she it's not like she could just drive wherever she wants. She doesn't know where to go, and, and things are all spread out here. But she's already telling me she's like, man, she's like, I'm just gonna come spend more time with you here. It's just beautiful here, you know. And uh, it just goes to show, like. When I'm, in fact, when I first moved here, here's just a, some fun combo because we've been unleashing the beast on your audience for a while now. But um, when I first moved here, living out of my car, I can remember thinking, even while I was broke, wow, this is success. Because when you're going from nine degrees to 80 degrees in February, it just happened to be a really warm February, which we didn't get this year. Um, I was literally waking up in the, in the driver's seat of a Dodge Intrepid that was kind of a junkie, but a, a very grateful hand-me-down from my brother because my car in Chicago got repoed. Mm-hmm. And I remember waking up in the mornings at like five in the morning with the sun beating down on my face. And although sometimes I would feel upset or lonely or, or um, you know, momentarily depressed, you know, I'd, luckily I was starting to snap out of it, but I still felt lucky. Like, damn, dude, am I really in California right now? Is it really 80 degrees right now? And I remember my best friend calling me from Chicago Concern. He's just a great guy. Um, he goes, 
he, I put hello. I'm like, hello. He's like, where are you? And I'm like, um, at the moment, I'm sitting in the parking lot by this restaurant. I just ordered a sandwich for 99 cents and I'm drinking a water and life is good. He goes, how much money do you have, bro? I'm like, right now, enough. He's like, how much do you have? I'm like, $7. But let me ask you this. What's the temperature over there? <laughs> and he just started laughing. He's like, you know what, man? I'm proud of you, dude. You're broke as fuck. <laughs> and, and you're still keeping a positive mindset. And that's the one the one thing I think that, you you know, I never take for granted is like, I always tell people, look, man, get upset, get emotional, cry a few tears and then go, but did I die? No, get up. It's part of the story. It's part of your journeys. Brush off your freaking shoulders, dry off your face, hit the floor and do some freaking push-ups, whatever you got to do. And then get up and go, all right, so what now? What do I do now? And that'll get you through a lot of things in life. Well, that's the end of the podcast. I strongly urge you guys to go through it again, take out a notebook, and start taking some critical notes. What he has discussed are incredible bits of information that will either shape your life from a positive perspective or a negative perspective here in the next 5, 10, 50 years. Okay? We, this new economy that Joe is talking about, it's happening. It, it will either be blowing right past you or you will jump on this and, and, and utilize this new economy to propel yourself into success. Whether it be in your field, in your marriage, in your life, what have you. All the principles that he has talked about. Yes, they're more financially solvent than anything, but the practicality of it can, you can adopt that into your own life, into your own being, right? Learn better, learn faster. Learning through osmosis is too slow. Learning through experience is too slow. Anyways, check us out. Tag us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the YouTubes, at Habits of the Few. If you like it, please leave a comment, review, a thumbs up, like, whatever. We appreciate you. And listen, as always, if anybody that you know could benefit from this, please share it with them.